0: Talk Radio.
1: This is the Fitness Bootcamp Inner Circle Podcast with Georgette Pan and Jesse Stoddard. And we're gonna talk about the fitness industry wave of the future. Hello. Hey John.
0: Hey, how's it going?
1: Hey, welcome everybody. So uh, we are on the air, ready to go, Fitness Boot Camp Inner Circle episode number two. And uh, we've got, it's exciting because today we have Georgette on the line and we've got John and uh, John Verde, Georgette Pan, and uh, my name is Jesse Stoddard and uh, I am going to kick us off here today. Uh, we had a really good first episode. If you missed it, go back and listen to the recordings. Those are available uh, now on iTunes as well. And if you go on there, do us a favor, leave us a review, um, hopefully a good one. <laughs> but any kind of review is better than none because people can't find us. That's the way you get found on, on uh, iTunes is you leave reviews and then, it, and then uh, people can search and find you a little bit better there. So uh, with that being said, I'm excited. Georgette, are, are you still on the line too?
2: I am. I I'm here. Great
1: and awesome. So uh John, uh we have John Vernon, yeah. I'm just quick introduction so you know who this this man is. He he uh he's got a quite an amazing history in uh in the fitness industry and uh, I'm going to let him tell a little bit more of his story, but um he founded his own uh his own company. He's had a he's had a fitness studio, a uh, personal training business, uh worked with multiple trainers. Uh he is also um uh, he 's done some pretty amazing uh bike rides i 'll let him tell about that and uh he 's also awesome. done some really cool work with uh, uh with fitness uh, uh a new software platform which i think we'll we 'll get into at the end but um so john let 's let 's start um how uh, maybe right. we'll start here how how and why did you get started doing boot camps and what 's your background what did you do before fitness and tell us a little bit about yourself
0: okay Uh, so, uh, yeah, I've been a trainer for about 15 years, and it was, it was a few years after being a trainer that I started to look at boot camps as one of my training modalities. I was initially focused more on, you know, personal training and, um, trying to focus on the individual, which I still do, but, uh, I guess the, the first one to answer is, uh, why boot camps, and, um, I wanted to do... Uh, something to get the clients involved who might not do personal training or wouldn't do personal training. But I also wanted to offer something, uh, you know, at a lower cost for them and be able to earn uh, a little bit a better rate for myself for my time spent training. And also just to help alleviate the boredom. You know, anybody gets into a routine after a while And you've got to really change it up. You either have to learn some new things as a a client or a trainer and, um, you know, keep the the body, you know, growing and developing. It's, you know, that's just a basic training principle, but it's also psychologically true, you know. And uh, I just, I knew that I could also get better results if I could get people to train more often. And, you know, most of my personal training clients would train one or two days a week. And if I could get them to do three or five days a week, then, you know, I knew we could get better results. And especially, you know, my personal background, I've been a Navy diver, and um, I really appreciated the training that we got and, you know, how intense that training was. And I know that wasn't for everybody, but I learned a lot from it that I could adapt to my clients. And um, I just, I, I was attracted to the sort of, you know, idea of, like, a military-style boot camp. And this was actually back in 2004, and to my knowledge, uh, there wasn't really much. I didn't know of any boot camp-style training, you know, on, on any kind of big scale like we see it today. Um
1: and, and, so, and John, let me interrupt real quick. Let, yeah. Let's go into that a little bit more. I just out of curiosity, back then, when you heard boot camp, or when we, when when people, when the public heard it, were they thinking military style workout, like with camo fatigues and and you know, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, what the impression people had. No,
0: I I really think they were. And and as a matter of fact, that's a good point to bring up, Jesse, because they, um, you know, that's what I had in my mind is boot camp, but. Uh, Myself and other trainers I was working with were trying to think of, you know, different names to call it, you know, so that they wouldn't be intimidated because I, I think most people did think, oh, boot camp, well, you know, that that's what it was. It was like military style, you know, in-your-face and, uh, you know, super hardcore training. So we would call it, you know, like cardio playground or, um, you know, other fun-sounding things. Uh, you know, but I you, once they tried it, you know, they and they understood that oh, I can do this, you know, and it's a progressive thing. You know, you can work up to it. Um, I think over time people have come to expect boot camp to be more of a you know something that they can do too for all fitness levels.
1: And going back uh, even before that, uh, you know, before you got in, did, when did you do these these incredible bike rides? Like insane oh, <laughs> bike ride thing. What's tell us about that? What's that all about?
0: Um. So yeah, I've always been into you know interested in you know adventure fitness. I you know I'm a I like hang gliding and bungee jumping and um, you know off road bike riding and but uh, I've always been a, a pretty enthusiastic cyclist. I've been an avid racer. I raced at least uh, in high school and. Um, while I was in the Navy, actually, I was stationed on the USS America. Uh, that was a carrier. It's been decommissioned since, I think. But I helped get a uh, cycling team started, and uh, we did some races when, when we were in, in shore, obviously not while we were out at sea. <laughs> but uh, I, I've always enjoyed that. And when I got out of the Navy, um, I wanted to do, you know, some more riding. I, I really missed the, the travel that we, you know, I'd seen a lot of different countries while, uh, you know, we were deployed overseas, and uh, I really enjoyed the experience of going through other countries and, and living in other cultures. And uh, I also was starting to become a little bit disillusioned by uh, some of our military actions. After I got out, I, I started to see that with some of our uh, conflicts with other countries were less and less justified. And uh, I I decided to put together this project called Pedal for Peace. And uh, I put together some sponsors. And the idea was to ride my bicycle solo around the world, uh, however long that may take. And I, I estimated it would take me about 18 months or so. And uh, what I planned to do was try to help foster some understanding between people in other countries, you know, with the idea being that while our political leaders may, you know, disagree and want to take us to war, I I know from personal experience, most people, you know, just on the person-to-person level get along just fine, no matter where they're from. Um, And so I thought if we could start some pen pal relationships by handing out postcards. So I'd go and do a talk in one town, talk to some school children or students and, Um, Collect their names and addresses, and carry those on postcards to the next country or the next city. I would go to do another talk and distribute those, and collect some more. And just sort of, you know, organically, hopefully, start these pen pal relationships with people around the country. With the idea being that, you know, when you have a, a friend in another country, or a personal interest, or a little more understanding at least you'd be less likely to go along with, uh, you know, conflicts or war that the politicians might try to drag us into. So that was kind of the basic idea. And uh, so I got together a a bunch of sponsors and um, got all my bike and equipment together. And I uh, started off from Spokane, Washington, and rode all the way across the state and across the country, and it uh, took me about 65 days to uh, go all the way across the country and made some great friends and stops along the way. And then uh, I, uh, well, without going on into the whole story, but I, I ended up losing my ticket in, uh, when I got to Washington, D.C., uh, and my passport. And so I got stuck in D.C. for an extra month working as a bike messenger to uh, earn enough money to get another ticket and get my passport back together. And, <laughs> and then uh was finally able to uh, fly across to uh, Lisbon, Portugal, and I rode across Portugal, Spain, France, and Italy. And uh, unfortunately, my ride stopped short in Italy. I was run over by a semi-truck in uh, Florence. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh. uh it, it was uh, it wasn't a as dramatic as it sounds. I mean, I was I was at an intersection and I um, the traffic lights are a little confusing there, and I don't know if it was the the driver that got confused or me, but um, I ended up getting in front of the truck at an intersection and he didn't see me. Rode right over the the bike and the trailer. My legs got caught underneath the wheels and everything. So. Um, Anyway, ended up with a couple breaks that uh, wouldn't allow me to do any more riding, and they put me in a a hip cast all the way from my heel to my hip, so uh, that definitely ended any possibility of uh, continued riding for a while, so I uh, ended up coming back to the U.S. to uh, see the U.S. doctors and and heal up and recover, and um, just... Getting back involved in uh, the daily routine of life and just haven't been able to uh, get back there again, but it was uh, it was quite an adventure while it lasted and now, I think was that, that was, all
1: before you started personal training was that all before yeah, was, that time or during
0: it was it was before and I, I think that was actually one of the things that led me to becoming a trainer in the, the process of uh, healing up and rehabbing and getting back into exercise and wanting to do some more things. I uh, later on ended up actually uh, getting together with a personal trainer and uh, doing uh, – I don't know if you, anybody remembers Bill Phillips doing his um, personal transformation challenge where you would he would do like a bodybuilding challenge, but you would send in your photos, you know, your before and afters and using his supplements and stuff. So um indirectly the that crash did actually um get me into the fitness industry and so after working with this personal trainer for a while I was amazed at the transformation I made I'd never made those kinds of gains or that much I you know I'd always worked out on my own but never really hired professional help and I went from you know 13% body fat I think to five and a half percent in the 13 weeks we had and I gained I think 12 pounds of muscle and I was just shredded I was amazed like I'd never (laughs) looked like that before and so um, it really caught my attention like started thinking yeah this is pretty cool you know somebody can help me you know do this in such a short amount of time and so a few months later when I moved to the Seattle area my sister who was a massage therapist was telling me about this program where they also had a personal training program at the same school she was going to. So um I looked into that and that was it. I was hooked. and here I am. Cool.
1: <laughs> so uh you know uh, I guess you, you went through a phase where you built. Can you briefly tell us, you know, just kind of a quick summary of of that? From trainer and where you worked and what you did to studio to boot camp, like the progression there. Maybe a quick summary, just so we have a general understanding overview.
0: Yeah. So shortly after uh, training school, uh, I opened up my own personal training studio in Ballard and uh, learned a lot in how to you know work with a wide variety of clients and also uh, trainers. I had um, At the uh, high point of the training studio there, I had six trainers working for me and, uh, you know, pulling down a decent income. But it it wasn't until I started getting into the boot camps that I really started to make some money. And I started to affect people in a a much bigger sense, uh, getting better results and and able to help more people. And uh, that's, that's why I really started to focus
1: more on the boot camps. Awesome. And uh, what yeah. what what were some of the early mistakes you made or challenges you faced that you had to overcome?
0: Well, I don't know if we have enough time today to really go over that, <laughs> but uh <laughs> I, I I can tell you that there are a few things um that I I definitely learned a lot. Um, and I I would say one of the things early on I or I, I should say later on after Having gone through a few gurus, is that not any one uh, person you know is going to have all the answers for you? Everybody's situation is unique, you know, for their clients or their you know geography or, or just you know, probably more than anything, their their personality, how they do business, how they like to work. But um, I, I learned, you know, now by guru
1: you mean some of the. Sorry, by guru, you mean by some, you know, you were searching on the Internet or you were, you know, going to seminars and you're listening to the, you know, kind of high-profile trainer, mentor, guru, coaches, guys, that kind of thing.
0: Right. Yeah. There, there's a, the a lot of Some of the big
1: names, Bedros, and, and uh, you know, so I don't know. Who who are your mentors? John Did John you have Spencer a few early Ellis ones?
0: Was, John Spencer Ellis was one of the uh, early uh, guys that I learned from and uh, learned a lot from these guys. Um, they really opened my eyes on you know what what it takes to run a successful boot camp um but again you know n- not one of them had you know all the the right answers and i i learned you know as i went taking you know the 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 things that worked for me but uh they did have a lot to offer so um but i i guess the message there is you know always be learning you know, cause right. once you stop learning, um, you, you tend to kind of lose, uh, you, you stagnate, and mm-hmm. things get boring for you. And if they get boring for you, they're going to be boring for your clients. And, uh, you know, it, it also keeps you humble. And, uh, you know, what, if you can realize, you know, that you, you never do know it all, I think it really helps to, uh, you know, keep you growing and learning yeah. more. So that was that was one of the early things I learned. Um, and other things, just like, uh, you know, some of the more effective and some of the less effective ways of advertising. You know, I, I remember spending hours walking around our neighborhood hanging door hanger ads on people's uh, doors. Um, I also learned uh, that you're not supposed to put those uh, advertisements in people's mailboxes. And we, we got a call from the post office about that, so... <laughs> just a word to the wise.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Um, uh, hey, Georgette, uh, real quick, uh, I, I've been dominating John with these questions. Do you have any questions for him or, or any comments on that? Uh, those no, early advertising after- ideas?
2: Oh, yeah, some of those. the early advertising ideas. Sometimes you do have to <laughs> do something dumb to come out on the other end and at least find out that, hey, that doesn't work. You know, tons of newspaper ads you know, maybe one to test it out or two, but, you know, for me then, that really wasn't economically smart too, so, you know what I mean, Mm -hmm. something have to test, but I really like the comments about, you know, keeping up with the, about the trainers, knowledge and always keep learning, that was a really good point because there's so many people to learn from and. You know, yeah. that's stagnant. I also I, think it's it's important to, um,
0: you know, I, I think it's a better investment to, uh, you know, spend money on your education and not on advertising. Um, you know, some of the best advertising and promotions that I've done have been free or, or almost free. Um, you know, marketing is, is another thing, but um,
2: right.
0: <laughs> your education is, you know, more valuable, I think, uh, for your clients. One of the biggest mistakes I see trainers make, and I would really like to emphasize this to any prospective business owners, (laughs) is that they tend to focus more on the advertising and trying to get new clients in the door than they do on just trying to wow the clients that they already have. Right, right you you know you there's always a way to provide more and better service to the people you ha- already have and they are going to be your best advertisement ever i mean they're going to be your your evangelists you know they're going to be your your sneezers that you know go and talk about you other people even if they don't you know when people see how well they're doing they're going to want to know you know well what are you doing and oh well you know they're going to naturally want to talk about just like if if they saw a good movie you know they they don't gain anything from telling their friends about a good movie they saw they're not you know getting any referrals any referral fees but they will gladly tell people about the things right. that they really love
2: so and I, I,
0: I think that's the best oops. way to you know spend your energy is on wowing the people you already have and, and don't spend all your money trying to get and then you, you end up with you know more mediocre results or, or clients, and um, you know, right, and not not really getting the results that they they should be getting, right. And in an
2: essence, that is marketing because you know it's the same result. You know, Mar- right. You know, which we are going to do a show on because that's the next uh, topic I'd like to to cover because I I think we have a narrow. We have a narrow vision of what marketing is. You yep. know, it's not just flyers and right. doorhangers, and it is what you said. It is you know educating yourself. You know, it's a whole bunch of things. But you know, wowing wowing the client, as you put it, or you know doing doing more inside the business internally marketing for in a sense. Yeah as opposed to, you know, an ad in a newspaper or a billboard which you yeah. know, but you know, I and mean, I think that's a whole other show and we're we're, we're gonna, you know, dive into that.
0: Yeah. I I think Jesse can really speak to that too. He's I mean, he's got a very unique ability to really wow his clients. I mean, he's got, you know, uh, a faithful group of acolytes that have been following him for uh, how many years now, Jesse, you got
1: yeah, I mean, I, I had to uh, start up a new boot camp because out of demand, they demanded I did it. And even after I had sold my last company and, and kind of went into semi-retirement, I have a, a, a you know a, a new one that formed out of that. People that just wanted me to do it, which was you know this is the highest compliment you can possibly get. And there was some years where I did bad things, or did it stupid, or screwed up, and didn't have anybody that you know really was a raving fan until I figured it. Was Exactly what you're talking about, uh, talking about, John. I figured it out, in, in Georgette. And what I did um, well this morning, I actually, you know, real quick, this the story here this morning. One of my clients came up to me at the end, and I've noticed one of the best times for our boot camp is at the end of the boot camp. People don't want to leave; they stand around talking to each other, and I love it. I used to try to kick everybody out, and uh, I realized yeah. what an idiot you know. You got to let them bond and talk and have a great time and be a community. And uh, and and today, one of them came up to me at the very end and said, "You need to keep this going," you know, kind of like. Kind of like you better not leave us, you know.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and it was like almost exactly. a threat.
1: And and I thought, well, yeah. that's a great compliment. You know, that means you know you're, you're they actually really appreciate it. And I think I think John, you get you're exactly right. A lot of a lot of tra- trainers get so caught up in traditional advertising that they miss their biggest marketing you know, avenue, which is referrals and, and just, or just solid clients that love you, that, that become raving fans and, and are, you know, talking good things to out on social media so that even, even if it's not a direct referral, sometimes I get in, you get indirect referrals, right? I mean, somebody goes, hey, I heard this other person just talking it up and, you know, and then I want to know what this is about, right? I, did you, did you yeah. see that happening for you too? Oh, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, once we got rolling, you know, I was, getting well just for example you know my very first boot camp um i think i had 14 clients which to me was like whoa this is you know my the, the first one i tried on my own before i learned you know how to do it from the the pros that know i i think i had like six people and that fizzled out after a couple months and then um once i knew you know like what time to do it and how to run it correctly you know i had uh, 14 campers. The second month, I think I had 22. Uh, by the third month, I think it was 37. Um, and within a few months, I was peeking out at like 47 campers. Like I'm like, I, I can't train all these people at once on myself and focus on them. I had to start hiring other trainers and, and adding other times right. and actually putting people on a wait list. So, and that was, I I wasn't doing any more advertising. They were just talking to each other, you know, and and I was getting, you know, indirect referrals, like you say.
1: Well, uh, I guess another question. Georgia. do you have another question or a comment there?
2: Uh, No, no, we could, I think we pretty much could, (laughs) I'll agree on that, you know.
1: Yeah, we we uh nothing we need to give John a hard time about. I guess we could save those for the end. <laughs> We're going to save some uh you know, some incriminating things or some hot seat things for the end. Okay, John. <laughs> all right. Um Maybe actually, that. I do have a question if if you had to start all over, you know, uh, you know, you you, you you built this thing up, you you did it, you got it going. If you had to start all over, what would you do differently?
0: Um well, a couple things one was, uh, you know, some of the things I said, I would make sure that I didn't waste time on, um, you know, unnecessary advertising like through the these ValPak kind of things and just focus more on kicking ass with the clients that I have, doing a really good job. And um, I would have started earlier, I think, focusing more on my small group or my boot camp type, um, sessions and training uh, it just for the client's sake you know of all the things, kinds of training i 've done you know that that high intensity group kind of dynamic seems to get them the best results, and also you know' no now let me like, let me be ordinary. play devil 's
1: advocate. Let me jump sure. in and play devil's advocate just for people listening. I think this is useful to hear. So wait a minute. You're telling me, John, that, that you would focus on the group training, uh, whether that be small, private group, large group, whatever, group training in general and boot camps. And you said because it gets your cl- – for the client's sake. Now, but wait a minute. Aren't right. they going to get better attention if you're one-on-one with them, like traditional one-on-one, you know, private personal training coaching? I mean, isn't that better? I'm just playing sure. devil's well. advocate here. <laughs>
0: They, they may get more of my attention, but uh, you know, people like even if they don't say they do, they, they like the competition, and they like to sort of you know see how they can do against others. And then there are the people that you know just absolutely hate that idea, but they they still like the the group dynamic, and they they make friends, and there is sort of a, a sort of a unifying group think I mean, people are tribal by nature, you know, when when you can have your own little tribe of of friends, you know, that's that's just sort of what we tend to. And it's nice to, you know, have a, a personal friend, but, you know, I see so many trainers just talking about their girlfriend or boyfriend or, you know, they're drinking coffee and not even paying attention to the client. The client is just not getting the best results or the the real attention they should. When the trainer is having to focus on this whole group, it's like keeping his mind focused on, like, okay, what's next, what's next. He really has to focus on the clients, even though it's a group of them. More, uh, he, he can't slack off mentally uh, like they, they, I see them so often do, you know, one-on-one. And I'm, I'm not saying that anybody here that may be listening um, is that way. I'm just saying I, I've seen it a lot <laughs> with a lot of trainers. So I, I really do think that the group dynamic there, there's a lot to be said for it.
1: I, I, heck, one, one-on-one sometimes turn into a therapy session. I, I know, and you know,
0: you're beyond the scope of a trainer now, you know, and you're getting into that kind of gray area, and um, you know, I've seen some uh, questionable situations arise there more than
1: once. Georgette, uh, have you uh, have you ever been a one on one training session where the client wants to just stand there and talk talk about their problems the whole time and they never actually work out? Do you ever get that?
2: Yes, and sometimes it's uh, T M I too much information. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like it's like, really too much information. But you know, I I like both. You know, I still have to say that because it sounds that like I dislike, you know, in a bash one-on-one. I I am partial, obviously, <laughs> with my history to the boot camps, but I actually do like, you know, both. Just to just to clarify that, I don't want any arrows coming my way. But uh, <laughs> yes, there it does it does cross the line, and, and in so many ways it can cross the line. But you know, that's where the trainer has to, you know. Yeah, you know, and I I mean I. I... Have to I agree. Into-
0: I haven't had. Uh, I mean, I, I won't say that I don't still do uh, personal training and, and don't enjoy it. You know, I've got a couple clients that I've been training for more than 10 years, right. and you know, we're and we're more like really good friends now. Uh, but I, I still try to, re, you know, it, it's there's a fine line learning. You know, where where the professional point is. You know, right? Uh, and customer, you know, and
2: the person really isn't, you know. Even though I'm like the boot camp queen, I have to say some people are not really suited for boot camp yet. They're they're not there yet. They're you know never worked out since 1962. They're obese, you know. Right? Um, it's yeah. You, can, you uh, want I, to be a good advertisement boot, for your <laughs> for your services. <laughs> you know, you're not going to throw them in a, into a boot camp, and you know, is it possible? It's possible, but you're really going to be giving them a lot of one-on-one attention, even in the boot camp, because you're modifying. At that point, I I always suggest start with some one-on-ones. So let me let's see, because I want to right. get a better idea of the client and, and progress them a little bit more, and then we can go into boot. You know, then you could go into the boot camps. I've done that. Well,
1: and Georgia, you, you were, you were. I think you were mentioning this before too. Uh, that there's also a benefit not only for the client to have the option of one-on-one, but as a trainer, that's multiple streams of income, right? And it's diversity. It's diversifying your business. I think you mentioned that previously.
2: So you can, you can, you know, offer bootcamp clients one-on-one or one-on-one clients bootcamp. I mean, it's not that one is better than the other. It's necessarily. It's it's a upselling to something else. You know, if if somebody, you know, really isn't enjoying this so much, and maybe they're not a group person, you will come across that. Not everybody enjoys working out in a group. Do most people? And, yes, they do. But, you know, uh, obviously you're right. You can upsell or cross-sell or whatever we want to call it. Offer one-on-one people boot camps and boot camp people. Offer them one-on-one if it's the situation dictates that or if that's some trainers, that's their goal. You know, I'm going to use my boot camps as a feeder program to try and get more one-on-one. Exactly. Yeah. The,
0: Georgette brings up a, a really good point and I, I remember uh, talking to other trainers, um, you know, in the studio saying, well, we're going to start doing boot camps. They were really concerned that they were going to cannibalize their training clients because they could go do something for less. Right. And um, it Anybody that's considering getting into group fitness or or boot camps, uh, you know, I can tell you just you can put that right out of your mind. Just put your mind at rest because um it ed- it ends up being a good feeder program both ways. I had people right. that I never uh approached for personal training and the boot camps wanted to do some individual, you know, one-on-one training. And so it went both ways. Right. Um and and You know, at the end of the day, if you're just focusing only on the boot camps, you're still going to be better off, uh, you know, financially for you as a trainer. And also, I think the clients are going to do better most in most cases, but um, that doesn't mean you can't do both.
2: Right. And then there's also the the surge of, you know, small group training, which has been – you know, getting really popular too, which is kind of a cross between one-on-one and boot camps. Boot camp is large group training, considered you know considered large group training, or a different style of training and different style of workout program than uh, small group training. So yep. I mean, coming in, so we got the middle ground too, which is not a, also not a bad thing to cross sell to. Right. Right.
1: So John, uh we've been waiting now uh you know in anticipation and everybody's about to jump out of their seats cuz excited to hear okay. about this uh, weird software that you're working on. And uh, oh, As much yeah. as I love hearing about your incredible you know, history as a boot camp instructor, uh, you branched out a little bit because you found a need in the marketplace, um, and uh, you already have uh, quite a few customers on a, the older version of, of this, but tell us about FitRoster. What is it, and why does it matter to us? Why should we care about it?
0: Yeah, well, I'm really excited about it because uh, this has been a project that, you know, i started from the ground up with uh, one of my clients, actually. And um, it it was because I was really struggling with trying to manage my own boot camps. I was, you know, the business was growing. I'm getting more clients, and uh, I'm trying to manage them on, you know, paper and spreadsheets and, um, you know, different uh, client management systems. But none of them were, like, geared towards the boot camp, and they were either so complicated because they tried to, you know, work with, uh, you know, summer camps and uh, bowling teams and <laughs> I don't know what else. And um, I just needed something that was, you know, just for the boot camps, just to manage my classes and allow me to, you know, add locations and try to automate a lot of these mundane things, you know, like the billing instead of having to call them up all the time and get their credit card number again. And, um so I was, you know, trying to find a, a programmer to help me build something or trying to, you know, put a, a better system together myself. And I was talking about it with one of my clients, and he happened to own a uh, software development company. He has, like, you know, teams of <laughs> software developers working for him. He's like, well, why don't you just ask me to help you? I'm like, why don't I? <laughs> so we we got together. With one of his developers and uh, put together a really neat software system, and it's been a while though, uh, and you know it's needed some upgrades after a few years of uh, you know having some uh, boot camp owners on it. They've had some specific requests to uh, you know add some more features, which we've finally gotten done. And uh, anyway, it's a it's a complete bootcamp management system, so it allows you to. Uh, you know, add new clients to track your clients. Um, you can communicate with, you know, individuals or the whole group with the, the Megaphone email blast system. Um, we put in a, a billing tool so you get a merchant account and you can just bill, uh, you know, one-off or uh, month-to-month. You can set the pricing at whatever you want. And, uh, but it's, it's really geared towards, the, you know, the boot camp model and uh i i had to do this just for myself and and it's you know born from the trenches you know from actually doing it it's not like uh, some merchant company that decided to put together something you know towards uh fitness you know it was like this this grew out of the boot camp um experience you know from in the trenches working with clients and knowing what, you know, the individual business owner needs. So I I think it's a a really good product, and uh, I'm excited to release the new one. And uh, we'll be, I guess, I don't know, you want to, maybe we'll send out the link later? And uh, let them check it out if they want to,
2: or...
1: Yeah, and and if you can, I mean, good. I mean, I kind of everybody's got a, a, cer- a certain general overview. If you had to hit some bullet points, though, like um, here's the here's the benefits and maybe some features, benefits and features bullet points for us. What what would some of those be?
0: Uh, well, one of the biggest benefits is the time saving because all the functions that you need are in one place. I mean, you just you log into one. Uh, system into your account, and you can you know update your class times and schedules right there. You can update your pricing. Um, you'll have your own unique um, shopping cart page that you can post and you know tie it into. You can customize the look and feel to match your existing website, or you can use it as a, a standalone page if you want to. Um, so. It's, you know, you're saving time in managing the class and also selling because it's online 24-7, so your clients can go online and sign up without you having to lift a finger. So it's, you know, kind of like making money while you're sleeping. And so, so, uh, oh, go. go ahead.
1: I was just going to say, so when I got going with my boot camp and, and, and I was scaling up, I had multiple locations, and that's when things became a headache for me, um, for many reasons. <laughs> but uh, I started out, you know, I was I had done it on my own, and then I thought, well, these these uh, franchises uh, look better, you know, like they look like they promised more, even though I'd already done it on my own. And then I went and bought into the franchise. And then you know, uh, realized that uh, I had already created a brand, and it didn't really make sense. So I had one of my locations the franchise, and then I had my original location, and it it was like confusing people because I had multiple brands. But right. even when I went off <clears throat> into that, excuse me, they uh, it was kind of like, well, what do I do for all this billing? I got to take credit cards. Well, what do I do? Well, you just you know pick a system and go for it. That was kind of the only. Advice I remember getting, so I ended up looking around, trying all these different things, wasting a whole bunch of time and money. And I think I ended up with oneshoppingcart.com, which is a pretty sweet uh, software system. But the, the only thing I didn't like about it, it wasn't really designed for membership systems or memberships or you know recurring revenue models. It was all you know as if I wanted to put on an online store with a bunch of products. And uh, I right. could do recurring, and, and, but it was always kind of a hassle. So, like, if I change prices, you know, or if I change something, I'd have to create a new item. You know, let's say I had, um, you know, my month-to-month program's this price. And then later, uh, I decided, oh, well, actually, I'm going to have a different program. Or, no, I'm, I want the month-to-month, but I need to have a different price because people are going a different number of days or, or whatever. Instead of being able to edit it, I had to actually create a new item. So it's as if with well, my boot camp memberships, there's like 37 different memberships to choose from. <laughs> so- yeah, and, then, yeah. and then, on top of that then you got it then you know hey you 've got to send out an email and you 've got to have a good uh, email newsletter, so then I was using uh, F- Fitpro newsletter, which is a fantastic product by the way, but um, yeah, yeah, nothing against that great product but I, you know then I was like, well, I really want this to be in my own voice, I want to write a lot of it, so because I enjoy that if you don 't then you know out, you can outsource it, but I enjoyed it, and I wanted it to be relevant to my people, so then I have to go get email software because you know you can kind of do it through you know, so that you can kind of do it through shopping cart, but it's kind of clunky. And then you got to integrate the two. You know, well, this is a paying customer and this is not a paying customer. I want to send email to this person, but not that person. You know, and it, it was 14 different things going on at once with three or four different software platforms. So, how does this? You know, somebody like me who doesn't really want to spend all those fees on all those different software platforms. And then, oh, I forgot one. And then you got your merchant account. Uh, software, you going into there, messing around on the bank side of it, so you are paying all these different monthly fees. Sometimes double. You, sometimes you're, you're, you know, like being double billed because one of them has a feature, but you don't use it because you use the other one's feature. You know, that's that you prefer. And how does FitRoster Roster solve that for me and somebody like me? Right.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, that that was my case where I just I had all these different disparate systems trying to bring them under and spending. You know more than I needed to on these different things, and but the biggest thing was just my time. I really wanted to save time, and that's what I was wanting to solve with Fit Roster, and so we did bring those things together. And it's it's an ongoing uh, process. You know we're going to be adding new features as we go, uh, but one of the, the things at the heart of it is you know I'm not going to be upgrading or the pricing. Uh, like a lot of these systems do. You know, once you're signed on as a customer, you know, you're at the rate you signed up for, for life. And we're going to continue to upgrade it. But we brought these things together. We do have, the like, the email blast system. And you can target specific groups. Like if Because you, you may have a different message that you want to send to, you know, one of your boot camps than the others. Maybe you're changing class times, or maybe you're going to do a special event. But you can... Uh, you know, send an email to the entire group, to all of your clients. You could send an email to just your trainers, or you could uh, send an email, you know, to uh, either a specific group or uh, a segment of that group or just individuals. So you've got that integrated into the Fit Roster system. And then the billing as well. Um, you know, with the new one, we've got uh, where you can change the price of an existing class, um, you can do a one-off billing, or the the real big thing that I really uh, advise everybody to get into is, is try to get some kind of a monthly recurring revenue stream going. Because what I found when working with our, you know, month-to-month boot camps was they kept coming back and they wanted to go again month after month. And so... Before, I didn't have a way. I, I had to, like, just take all these individual checks or have them re-sign up again one at a time individually. And But the problem with, or the benefit of doing it, you know, one-off is, is you know how many clients you're signing up. And if you have some kind of automated system, the danger is always like, oh, what if I sign up too many people? And so what we did was we built in, uh, a limiting number, so you can decide, you know, how many clients you want for a given class. Maybe one location has more uh, space than another, or maybe you have two instructors working, and you can handle more, you know, campers there. So we built in a, a limiter, so you could set it at, you know, 20 clients max, and then it won't, that the item won't uh, appear anymore. They won't be able to buy online, so you don't have that unexpected, oh, too many people, which often happens uh, with those other kinds of systems. Um, and, uh, we also, you know, brought the, the billing into the, the same software so that the people that you've, that you're emailing to are, uh, you can start or stop billing at any point. They're already in the system. So, you know, everything's integrated into one place and that, that's what I really wanted to, that I needed, you know, for my own sanity.
1: Hey, Georgette, do you have any questions on this?
2: Um, yeah, plenty. <laughs> but we'll just mention one or two things. Um, maybe we could um, get this into the inner circle, because obviously, you know, and try and, uh, you know, pretty soon, in the near future anyway, try to get this into the inner circle and and see if we could get like a little beta group going for, per se. I don't know if you have a fully functional demo of this.
0: But uh, yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, you know, so anybody who wants to contact me we can set up a demo account and they can try it out, play with
2: it, see what they think and
0: if yes. they like
2: it, uh, they're more than welcome to sign on. that's what we'll have to you know, figure out I think you know, we'll give the inner circle fitness boot camp inner circle members to pay, you know um first crack at this, so that way we could, uh, you know, get their questions, take their feedback, and, and to, you know, and take that into account. So, yeah, yeah, that
0: sounds, that sounds great. I'd be happy to set that up for you.
2: Okay. We try that, and, you know, I think that might, you know, at least we'll get decent feedback, hopefully, <laughs> and, um, we could take it from there, but instead of you know, I I, I don't want to give the inner circle a little special, you know. I mean, and some treat them special. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> so they are our you know our founding, they're in there, our, our beta members. So give them a little perk and see how uh, take it from there.
1: John, I got another one here, just to you know, again maybe. Uh, putting myself in in the position of somebody just starting out. What if I'm a new trainer and uh, maybe I'm, I'm maybe I'm brand new. Uh, maybe I got a client or two. You know, I'm doing some personal training. Maybe at a at a for somebody else at a gym, or maybe I've gone mobile. I'm doing mobile training. Set up my own little garage studio, whatever. And then maybe huh? I'm just getting into private group training. Maybe I have a couple private group training. Uh, you know, three clients, and then I also have a fledgling boot camp where I'm launching one. Uh, Am am I going to be able to, would I be able to use FitRoster for the whole thing, or would I only use it for the boot camp portion?
0: Well, currently it's geared more towards boot camp, but you could set up uh, like a package, uh, kind of a deal where you had sort of a, uh, instead of a specific address, for one of your locations, you could use like a, you could give a service name, like if it if it's a mobile thing, um, where it it would still function the same. And we are going to be integrating that for you know more individual one-off sales um, for the people who want to do some retail, uh, you know like have a, a shopping cart like a traditional shopping cart where they may sell products and then um, add uh, features that are more tailored to the, the uh, one-on-one training. Um, but there's no limit to, you know, like the, the number of clients that you can provide for. Uh, you can set up as many locations as you want. And uh, the neat thing is just you, you can do it all under one roof. You know, you can keep track of all your locations. You can email to just those groups or those individuals as needed. Um, but, you uh, yeah, it's as we you know because we're talking about the boot camps, it, it was really geared towards that, and we want to with FitRoster, we didn't want to try to be all things to all people, and so we're listening to our clients and we're adding the features that they want, and uh, eventually we will be you know rolling out uh, something that's geared more towards the individual
1: uh, personal trainers, but uh,
0: certainly it, it will work with that now. It's just not specifically... So, yeah,
1: it's, it sounds like if that, that person was, uh, the one-on-one client was a monthly paying client, they could just be thrown in there, too, under a different package. It wouldn't so, really interfere too much, at least for the billing yeah. purposes, right?
0: Yeah, and then with the with the way it's uh, integrated into the uh, merchant account system right now, uh, the, you can do like a one-off uh, billing. So, do you have the option within FitRoster to say, you know, is, is this a monthly recurring? Is it a one-time payment? Or even a free thing, you might want to offer a promotional thing, and you say, like, you know, no billing. Um, and then you can always go in after the fact and, and adjust that, too. And the great thing is, you so, know, since your clients are already in there, you won't have to worry about that.
1: Yeah, so that's those are fantastic features. That would have saved me a whole bunch of time and probably a lot of money back when I wish it was around before. Yeah, <laughs> <me too>. um, <laughs> But you know, one other thing you haven't mentioned, and I know that we've talked offline about this, but um, tell us about the uh, the rates because well, a very attractive thing to me that I think it was actually the thing that got my attention first because the software sounded okay, you know, good, cool. But you know, once I had my systems already running on a different platform, you know, like there may be somebody listening right now going, "Well, I don't even, you know, it sounds good, but I already got myself set up on this other deal." Why would I want to switch now? It was hard enough getting it all organized, but you said you know you get very compelling about these rates that you're getting, and then you know how they integrate yeah. in and keep to keep the cost low. You haven't even mentioned that. Tell us about that.
0: As a matter of fact, yeah, and there was something else I wanted to mention to you that I haven't even talked to you about yet, Jesse. That I was just talking um, with my uh, merchant account processor. Um, I happened to just. I really lucked into this I uh, am working with a merchant provider uh, that I was introduced to through some friends and uh, he's got his own company so he's part of a like a buying group uh, and they can get uh, really good rates through their group so you know if if you've been approached by the typical you know big mass market uh, merchant companies they come in and they offer you know like a or we can give you a 2.7% you know, on your credit card transactions. But they don't really educate you on <clears throat> what that means. And typically they have like a tiered structure where, yeah, you'll pay 2.7% on a particular type of transaction, but there are literally hundreds of kinds of transactions. Um, for example, there are uh, gift cards, There are uh, rewards cards. You know, a lot of people like to use their get uh, airline miles. You know, with their credit cards. Um, There's online transactions, on offline transactions, transactions using your PIN number, without PIN number, without CVV. I mean, you know, literally hundreds. And it's to the the banks that control the rates. You know, it's all about the level of risk with them. So they charge different rates for that. And there's a baseline rate across the board, which most people don't realize. It's called the, the interchange, and I don't want, mean to turn this into a, like a whole credit card education seminar, but just to explain how we can offer uh, better rates. The, this interchange rate is, is like the baseline that, that everybody has to pay, including the merchant providers, and then they add their fees uh, and their percentages on top of that. And what they typically do is they tier those fees. So they may be offering, you know, like 2.7 on this one kind of transaction, but, um, you know, you may have other kinds of transactions coming across that you don't have control of that might go up to 3 4%. You know, it just depends. And so uh, the company that I'm working with um, allows me to offer interchange plus, which means you pay just, you know, the baseline Plus a nominal rate above that, and we can go down to like a half a percent or one percent, depending on the individual's um, credit rating and, and those things. That would guarantee they would never pay, you know, those kinds of tiered fees. So, the, the, in the case of the you know the mass market providers, you know, they they have like a they might have a margin of like they're making three percent over the interchange rate on some kinds of transactions or even more. And what we do is we just guarantee, uh, you know, like 0.1 or 1% or half a point over that interchange rate. So that's one of the unique things that we can provide. And the other thing is um, I just found out from him that we are going to be able to offer for the next year um, American Express, at one percent less than the rest of the market and um, yeah if anybody has ever dealt with american express it's um it can be kind of a hassle they're a little different system from the uh business owner's perspective and uh often you know they charge a higher rate than other cards but you still have your clients occasionally that want to use that card and uh, if you if you want to offer it you know you're as a merchant provider you're going to pay a premium well we we finally they've got a new program they just rolled out and um i'll be letting you know more about it as i learn more but uh we're going to be able to be a percent lower than all the rest of the market so we're going to have a real advantage there for the at least the next year before it officially rolls out so i just wanted to kind of let people know about that too if they're debating on whether to offer american express
1: or not that's exciting and and john we only have a couple minutes left but um First of all, if there's new people out there, I just I I don't you may not understand how important this is, but um, first of all, you got to take credit cards. If you if you don't know why this is so important, you just we'll talk about that on a future episode. You have to be able to take uh, debit and credit cards for your sanity as a trainer, so you're not running around collecting checks all the time, which is ridiculous. Those are the trainers that still do that. I don't even get it, but I know some people want to be old fashioned and stay off the grid and all that, and, and not have to pay fees at all. But just for your sanity we'll get into that on a future show but john what kind of just in summary though with all that information here in the last just remaining minutes uh what what kind of money would that save somebody you know in a month Because okay. trainers may not understand what you're talking about but they if you tell them how much money they might save in their and their merchant fees that that people can understand and then any parting uh, shots that you have any other last minute things you want to say we have about 3 minutes sure, left yeah. Or so yeah
0: okay uh, well just to uh yeah, to add to what uh, you're saying, Jesse, about accepting credit cards, I, I was a little resistant to that too because uh, I'd never done anything like that before, and uh, I I found you know one of the traditional merchant processors, and uh, I, I had trainers talking to me too. You know when I was uh, when I owned the studio, they're like, oh, we don't want to do credit cards. You know we want to be like the, you know the regular guys. We don't want to get all you know big business. But I I, I will tell you. Um, just to put it in perspective um when I was doing things you know manually i i couldn't process as many transactions for one it was hard, and people were expecting you know to be able to do that and i I think our annual gross for the studio we were um getting just up over a hundred thousand per year um and I will tell you, once I started accepting credit cards, we doubled that in the next year without doing anything else, just being able to accept credit cards because um, you know people could buy bigger packages more at a time and, and our gross revenue went way up, like at least doubled just in the first year we introduced credit cards. So I'm, I'll just tell you that. Um, and uh, the other thing is, that uh it just it makes it so much easier um and you know w- as far as if, if you're talking about fit roster you know we we can help you set all that up it's we'll make it real easy for you and um and the fee- uh, what, what, what and how much other- money
1: could they save don't forget that well, that as question far as too saving,
0: yeah yeah um so i had uh brought people on to fit roster j- just because i have experience with that system directly um they were saving, depending on how big their boot camp was. They were saving two or three hundred dollars a month in their credit card.
1: Geez, see that that Basically. that alone is amazing. Yeah, just so for John, this. This is so exciting. We've run out of time. I mean, gosh, the time flies. These, these, this is just, these shows are so fun. We could go on for four hours. <laughs> so, yeah, John, yeah. I just want to thank you for, for coming on the line. And, and uh, if there's any last things you want to say, or, or Georgette, any last things here, we've got you know, maybe ten seconds. Uh, any parting words?
2: No, I think it's awesome. I think maybe put something in the inner circle and see if we have any further questions that can be addressed. The members...
0: Yeah, uh, awesome. And I, I just want to let everybody know uh, I'm here to help any way I can. Um, you know, please feel free to uh, forward your questions on to me uh, through G- Georgette and Jesse through the uh, inner circle there, and um, you know we're we're here to help. And uh, all right. Yeah.
1: Thanks a lot, John. Thanks, Georgette.
2: Thank you.